And I think the moment I realised that actually, for the benefit of not only me, but this family, I've got to have some time away to do stuff for myself. And it took me a long time to, to really kind of like, for that to sink in. I would say a good couple of years of being a mum before I was prepared to have an hour away and, you know, maybe even longer before I started enjoying that time and not feeling guilty. But now it's, you know, I absolutely have to have the amount of time a week where I exercise mentally. For me, it, it just changes everything. I, I feel so strong after doing some exercise. I feel like I can handle anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's helped me so much. It really, really has particularly through kind of lockdown and stuff like that, just having a bit of control, I think, uh, where everything else is spiralling out of control. Mm. You know, having an hour a day to exercise five days a week has just been a godsend for me. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Swimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Oldham-West. Happy Valentine's Day. Are you feeling the love? Did that all come through the mic to you? Whether you're single, married, engaged, however you are, on Valentine's Day in 2021, I just want to reassure you that we've got a great guest that's gonna really lift you up today. Kirsty Lee has had a great transformational journey with her weight loss. She's managed to change her dress size from a size 16 to 18 to a size 10. And this episode today is a bit of a, a deep dive into body image, what it means to not only lose the weight, but after weight loss, the self-talk that is part of the process to accepting the change that has happened with your body and making sure that you're able to nourish yourself, not only from a nutritional point of view, but with positive self-talk that will help you and guide you along the way when you are at target and when you have changed your, I guess, your body shape so dramatically, which Kirsty has done. If you go over and check her out on Instagram, she's got some amazing before and after photographs. And I love Kirsty's journey. You know, we talk about motherhood and what it's like to be working full time in kind of a high pressure job, but also wanting to show up at work to, I guess, to make sure that we are heard as women in the workplace. So it's a very female episode. And if you're a guy listening to this, then by all means, keep listening. I'm sure you've got partners that this will allow you to come in from a a female perspective. Because it can be hard, can't it? It can be hard when we're trying to juggle everything as mums, as people that work full time, and then taking that that little chunk of time for ourselves and we we discuss this and Kurt goes into detail about this because she explains that her husband has made sure that she has given this time to to put aside for herself for self-care and that's what we need isn't it to be surrounded by friends and family that see our dreams and ambitions when it comes to our weight loss and fitness goals and support us with that which is absolutely fabulous such a a lovely episode to give out on Valentine's Day. And if Valentine's Day just sends a chill down your spine for whatever reason, maybe you're not into it, maybe you're single and it's all a bit too much, then I hope that you really do home into Kirsty's talk around self-love and self-care. And you don't have to be in a relationship for that. 
and you don't have to wait for Valentine's Day to practice that either. So it is introducing Kirsty Lee to her episode of Sibling Stories. Welcome, Kirsty. Hi. <laughs> so pleased that you've been able to join me. I know that you're a very busy lady and, you know, I've just gone through your Instagram account just before I started the recording and my goodness, I mean, you are absolutely stunning before oh. and after your transformation and Thank you. I can see that you, you're really passionate about your fashion and your, your dress sense and... <laughs> Oh my, you know, I think looking at your Instagram account, you've got one of those accounts where I can so understand why you've got such a, a large following on, on, on Instagram because you're, I think visually, everything that you post from your food to your transformation photographs, they are so inspiring. And I think for people on a journey, on a weight loss journey, they can come over and look at what you're doing and hopefully take an ounce of that and go away with it and, and be inspired with their with their own journeys so I mean where do we even start by <laughs> by going to this podcast to I guess take that inspiration to give to our our listeners to move their journey forward yeah well first of all thank you so much that's really kind and I think I guess I think my Instagram page has been the definitive reason why it's worked for me this time along with other kind of driving forces but I definitely think setting up a separate Instagram account where I can just follow lots of different similar people to me that are on their own journey and get inspiration from them and feel motivation and see what they've done and what they've achieved over a certain amount of time really motivated me. And it really held me to account as well. Um, it was almost, you know, it become a sort of a, something that I really enjoyed in terms of social media anyway and creating posts and trying new recipes definitely helped me this time for it to be you know the last time if that makes sense mm. I think when I've done I've done Slimming World so many times before and I've kind of lost a stone or two stone and then spent the next six months celebrating <laughs> going out and feeling great and then basically putting it all back on yeah and I think you know I used to cook the same meals it was you know always the same Sunday roast and bolognese was kind of my signature go-to and I just think I got bored and I used to kind of crave that weigh-in treat whereas now I don't because I you know I try and do at least two new meals that I've never tried before a week and just try and mix it up as much as possible and I'm by no means a chef you know I don't won't do anything that's kind of got more than two or three steps and you know I try and keep it as simple as possible I, but I definitely think that's that's really helped me keeping it interesting and I definitely don't feel like I'm on a diet no. and I certainly don't look forward to that oh it's way day I must have a takeaway or I must have a treat because I feel like I, do, I just don't feel like I'm kind of missing out on anything with this diet. No having those years of being on and off a diet on and off and in terms of the accountability do you feel that on your Instagram account you're able to show up as your true self because I know that with I guess with friends and family if you're anything like me they will they will have seen they've seen you being on and off diets throughout the years yeah. uh, and I guess the the very notion that you're going to be talking about a new a new momentum a new weight loss plan and you're hearing the size of right okay yet again another diet but yeah. I feel that on social media you can just show up these are strangers and you can be honest and open is that the case that you found that you can just be yourself yeah definitely and um 
people on Instagram are so supportive. You know, I've got some of the most wonderful followers who I've never met. And I feel like I know them so well. And they're my biggest advocates. They're my biggest cheerleaders. And it's just, it, it, honestly, it's amazing. I've never felt more supported and more encouraged. And even when, you know, and I try to be as honest as I can on my Instagram posts with, you know, when I have, we all fall off the wagon and, you know, we all have those days where, you know, I like to have a little drink. When I have a drink, I have a drink. I don't have one. I'll have a bottle of Prosecco, you know. Um, I just think on Instagram and having those followers, it's they just accept you for who you are and they support you in the, the tough times and they cheer you on in the in the the kind of um, the real positive times. And that for me is has been a huge help and has really inspired me to to also keep going and to to not kind of you know fall off the wagon as much as I have previously and to to see this out and actually achieve the goal that I've set for myself for once. You know, I, I don't say it enough. I mean, I am really proud of myself for doing what I've done because I think, you know, we're our own biggest critics. Mm. Um, I put so much pressure on myself as a working mum, you know, it's everything. Everything has yeah. to be perfect. And I think, you know, following lots of different people has kind of opened my mind to you can't do everything and no. sometimes you are going to fail at stuff and that's okay because you know you can just dust yourself off and get back up and you know one bad day of eating isn't going to delete you know the two years of hard work that I've done you know and it's just not letting one day turn into a week and then a month and then yeah. before you know it you know you've stacked it all back on again and then you just think what's the point you know might as well right. yeah and then it's like you don't want to go back to doing well because you, you dread <laughs> to see the scales and it's just it spirals out of control doesn't it it, it um, does yeah it does and I think just to talk a bit about being a, a working a working mum so I, I've been at work four times since my son was five months and I think even <laughs> I think that's probably the first time I've actually said that on the podcast and even saying that out loud feels you know the, the you know the judgment called of five months your son was only five months but that's yeah. what you know I, I was a single mum at the time and and going back to work at five months working full-time and also having I guess a job where I was working away I was having to do presentations and and being around mums that had a totally different yeah lifestyle to me was that it was kind of a pressure I, I felt a pressure to be a very mumsy mum and I knew I yeah. wasn't a mumsy mum I can remember my son saying to me I think it was only about four mum can you come to school looking pretty because I would be in I guess what you would see as some sort of uniform because I would wear you know going to work and I would wear the same things and it was yeah. often black and dark so he even recognized I was very different to the mums at the school school gate so how did you find yourself as a mum working full-time and they, those pressures oh so hard so very similar to you so um, my daughter was 10 months when I went back to work and I I work in London for a newspaper so I felt a lot of pressure going back to work and proving myself that mm. I wasn't just a mum you know yeah. I was a you know I was part of this business I was a contributor um, I did go back four days a week so I felt like I had to work even harder because you know, my, my responsibilities hadn't been reduced by 20%. I just had to cram it all into four days. Yeah. 
so I found that really difficult and then I find it the guilt of having to send my daughter to nursery four days a week you know and dropping yeah. her off at seven o'clock in the morning so I could get a train into London not picking her up till kind of six o'clock at night and yeah and like you said and all the other mums that I kind of started my NCT course were like oh you know my little baby's doing this that and the other and we made these and we did this and I was just like oh my god I literally saw my daughter for maybe three hours last week and mm. it was really difficult because having that pressure from both sides of the equation I think a working mum proving yourself that you're not just a working mum you're a serious kind of competitor if you like in this organization yes. that wants yes. to succeed and still wants to have a career but then being judged on the other side that you know surely your baby should be the most important person why do you even mm. want to think about having a career it's really it's finding that balance and I found that quite difficult yes. at the start because I felt like I didn't really have a true identity I wanted to be a mum but I also wanted to have a successful career and there's no kind of real in between no 100% I, I can remember picking my son up from from nursery and I think it was I kind of think I need to get to the nursery before six o'clock yeah. um, which I always did but I picked him up and he was asleep and the lady that handed him over to me was like I guess pleased him she goes oh look he's, he's gone to sleep and he can have a nice relaxing evening and I, I can remember taking him out the car seat and he was still asleep and thinking well really and I know he's had his meal but feeling such a bad mum of like you know yeah. bed and thinking my son's not seen me all day yeah. and up in that pressure and in terms of identity in that moment when you're trying to juggle a career and trying to juggle being a mum and then taking a piece of that day of that week for self-care and thinking actually mm. what I'm eating isn't the best I'm not very you know proactive in looking after myself because my focus is on my child and making my child a nutritious meal and not actually on myself so how did you find that you was able to work around that maybe in the early years of being a mum and juggling self-care around everything else because it's so it's so intense and I totally yeah hear it. when you're working for a company and you're wanting to be a leader but you're wanting to to be mindful to keep that balance I guess at home too yeah definitely I think I was my worst enemy as well in terms of my husband was always really encouraging about me having time to myself whether that's to exercise to you know go shopping to you know just sit in a room and read a book he was he you know he's amazing in terms of understanding that I need to have my time to do my thing but I would almost I would almost kind of like, well, I don't, I don't want to spend time away from my family. Mm. And I had that guilt as well. So I taught myself out of going to the gym or, you know, doing anything kind of like for my own mental health, because I was like, I almost thought like, oh, I'm missing out. You guys are going to be having a lovely time together. and I'm going to miss out on that family bonding moment. Yeah. Um, and I think the moment I realized that actually for the benefit of not only me but this family I've got to have some time away to do stuff for myself and it took me a long time to to really kind of like for that to sink in um I would say a good couple of years of being a mum before I was prepared to have an hour away and you know maybe even longer before I started enjoying that time and not feeling guilty but now it's you know I absolutely have to have a amount of time a week where I exercise mentally for me it's it just 
changes everything. I, I feel so strong after doing some exercise. I feel like I can handle anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's helped me so much. It really, really has, particularly through kind of lockdown and stuff like that, just having a bit of control, I think, uh, where everything else is spiraling out of control. Mm. You know, having an hour a day to exercise five days a week has just been a godsend for me. It is, and that that release, and I've spoken about running quite a lot at the moment. I can't run, but walking for me at the moment is, yeah. you know, is is such a godsend. And I'm able to to go out and surrounded by gorgeous woods and forests. I'm quite lucky mm. in that sense. Having that space, I guess, just to be on your own with your own thoughts and yeah. just to to process everything that is going on is just a great thing to be able to do, and not to feel not to feel that mummy guilt not to feel yeah. that and, and I, I've had moments where I've picked my son up from nursery and I've gone straight to to the swimmer pool with my son and we've been in like a splash pool just to think yeah. right okay Claire you, you've done the being at work and now you need to do this let's tick the boxes tick the boxes so if you just want to talk me through what your life was like before you had children in terms of routine and your relationship with food so before I guess you got to the point where you felt that you could commit to your weight loss journey. If you just want to give me a bit of an insight into what life was like for you then. Yeah, so my husband and I both work in London. So we were up very early in the morning. We'd be getting that, you know, really early train into London. And I would say we probably, you know, two or three times a week, we'd be meeting up after work for dinner, for drinks. You know, we were living our best lives. <laughs> um, and, it, you know, I work in, in media, so it's very, very sociable. Lots of kind of, you know, whining and dining, if you like. And it was, yeah, it was just a lot of drinking, a lot of eating. And just really, yeah, no real plan in terms of, you know, it, the plan was just to let's see where the week takes us. And then weekends, it would be a bit more chilled because we live outside of London but it would definitely be let's get a takeaway Saturday night you know let's have a box set marathon on Sunday and it was all you know it was just very very social so there was no room really for kind of being healthy if you like so we we both exercised quite a bit but we were just eating and drinking like it was going out of fashion so it didn't matter how much exercise I did what I was consuming was just ridiculous so so yeah so obviously when, when I got pregnant with Isla that kind of obviously changed everything for the social side of things but I was still definitely eating you know and then it was just like well I'm eating for two now and it was kind of like, I'm going to enjoy my pregnancy and give my baby what she wants so you know I put on a lot of weight when I was pregnant one of the main drivers for me losing weight is um, when I was born I was born with a dislocated hip which was treated and you know was absolutely fine throughout my childhood and adulthood when I got pregnant with Isla obviously put quite a bit of pressure on my hip which then resulted in once I'd had Isla to be become very very painful and to basically I now need to have a hip replacement so which you know is fine but at the time I was in my 30s and the doctor kind of said to me if you can ride this out a bit longer that would be better and you know, he kind of said to me, like, you're putting so much pressure on your hips at the moment with your weight. Just made me think, like, I'm a mum now. Like, what am I doing? And I think that was when the penny dropped. And I just thought, I'm so overweight. 
I, you know, I've stopped taking my child swimming and doing things like that. I've started saying no to loads of social events because of how I feel. And it just didn't really feel fair. I felt like I was letting Isla down. And then obviously with the news of my hips, I was just like, I've got to get some control here because, you know, not only just to prolong having to have a hip uh, replacement, but I was in agony, you know, I was just, really struggling just in general to kind of walk around I couldn't run around the park with my daughter I was just always in pain and then a couple of weeks later uh, there was a picture I can't you know there's a couple of pictures that kind of just it was like oh my god this is it I look so disgusting and you know I've just kind of eaten my emotions yeah and you know it's just physically mentally it's just not it's got to stop so yeah, so in the second week of January, I joined Slimming World and I vowed that this is it now. I've got to get some control for my own health mm. and, you know, for the sake of my daughter as well. I want her to, I want her to have a really kind of positive outlook on, on food, on exercise, on, you know, I don't want her to struggle with her weight like I have, basically. That right. would be my worst nightmare. And it's funny, isn't it? How when it's, just ourselves and obviously we've got partners and, and family and we, we you know we socialize we have all those fun times when it's ourselves and and we try and commit to weight loss it's it's a different story to when I guess you have children especially young young children and a lot of people that have been on the podcast have expressed that definitive moment where something changes mm. and and I'm so pleased that that moment came for you I guess you can relate to those moments where you have joined a, a group or you have gone on a plan and you have, you have committed, but maybe that's, you know, that's, that's wavered out after maybe a month or two. What, what was actually like going to group knowing, knowing that you, you've got this already? It was already in the bag. It felt brilliant. It, felt, it definitely felt different. And I felt in control. And I remember just thinking, I'm not going to think about the big number. I'm going to break it down and, you know, I remember setting my target weight and not having a clue how to how to even set it because I don't know what I look like it or feel like it that way you know I don't yeah. know if I'm, I've got the the right shape to be that you know eight stone or seven you know who knows yeah, like yeah. and you know sometimes when you know, I look at people on and they'll be like oh I'm way this much and I think oh my god you look absolutely tiny <laughs> how on earth are you like 11 stone but you know they're obviously really tall or um loads of muscle and things like that so I didn't set my target weight for a long time, actually. And I just thought I want, yeah, I set myself smaller targets in terms of we booked a holiday to Dubai, um, which I was going to in August. And I thought I want to be a couple of stones down by the time I go to Dubai. And that felt achievable for me. And it didn't feel like, you know, if I'd have said to myself at the start, I want to lose six stone, it just would have felt ridiculous and mm -hmm. so out of reach. So I, you know, I think that's really worked well for me. I've, I've set myself these small goals over a period of time and just, you know, consistently set them. So once I'd done that for Dubai, it was like, right, I want to lose another stone before Christmas. And that's what's worked for me, not thinking about that big number. And as I've got lost more and more weight, I've felt, right, this is kind of a nice weight for me now. I, I want to just lose an extra half a stone and, or a stone. And that's when I set my target. When It, I, it, was, about, it was always about how I felt. Yes. rather than the number on the scales if that makes sense absolutely and what changed in terms of your own self-talk so what was Kirsty telling herself on repeat before 
before this definitive moment, what kind of negative self-talk was you giving yourself compared to now that you've joined group and you was 100% in that zone? I think previously, I, I just think I convinced myself that like I wasn't that much overweight. You know, I was squeezing myself into, you know, clothes that didn't really fit me, but still being like, you know, loads of people that are bigger than I am. And, and I think I just had this illusion that, you know, I wasn't as big as I was. And it's only really now looking back on the pictures, you know, because I used to just avoid the camera. I'd always be the person at the party that was taking the photos. I would never be, you know, I'd never allow myself to to be in that many pictures. I would always wear black, you know, I'd right. find, or, you know, I'd keep a coat on or something like that. I was always very good at kind of disguising my my weight, you know, keeping my arms covered and things like that. And then finding a little corner to sit in. So if I was photographed, you know, I was behind a table or you know things like that so yeah I just think I just think I was in complete denial the state I'd kind of got myself into and it wasn't until that doctor's appointment where they basically kind of laid it on the line for me that I was just like oh my goodness like what on earth am I doing to myself I'm in so much agony and I could make it better if I just lose some weight which then inevitably ticks all the other boxes about you know feeling more confident and you know setting a better example to my daughter and now you know obviously we go swimming all the time and I feel more confident and I'm not always behind the camera I'm happy to be in front of it now I'm buying clothes that I'd never dreamt I'd be able to buy and always dreamed of and I think as I've gone through my my diet or or you know the change in me I've I've just started thinking I've worked so hard to get here it's not worth messing it up because I've worked so hard um, and, and, you know, and I think as well, like a diet is for life. You know, you see people that are doing these diets where cut out everything and, you know, they can't eat this, they can't eat that, they can't eat that, or they do milkshakes. And do you know what? I'm not disrespecting that at all because, you know, you find a diet that works for you. But this, for me, Slimming World is a diet forever. Yeah. You know, it's never just a quick fix, you know, and I get people do that if they've got, you know, a wedding coming up or an event and that you know it is the quickest way to do it and that makes complete sense but for me it's about this diet is forever it's not just until I lose weight you know when I get to target I'm just going to revert back to eating normally this is it now this is my forever this is always how I'm going to eat and how I'm going to behave and I think accepting that as well has really helped and finding mm. a diet that works for my lifestyle that I can still have a drink right. I can still yeah. eat carbs you know, I still do, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel like I'm on a diet. No, um, no. Which is why I think you know this particular slimming world really works for me. I think the the food that you can have on the plan, and I guess I feel like I'm going to repeat it again, but th- there's nothing really that you can say. I can't have this on this plan. Yeah. Maybe in terms of the quantities, but even then, you know. I've been followed the plan for so long that if you've got something coming up like a night out with friends or a weekend you know that you can plan and even if even if you tell yourself right okay I've got a weekend away with my husband or something like that or a holiday away whatever happens on those scales it's fine because I can yeah. get back I can get back so there's no what I'm saying is there's no narrative that you have to tell yourself that will make you think I can't do this this won't work for me and I think you know when you mention those those plans or those diets where you have to cut out a particular food group 
it, that for me would make me want that more that yeah. would make that would make me crave that more yeah. and I'd be so stubborn even if even if I had all the best intentions I know myself and I know that I would make sure that food group would would get back in and that that wouldn't work for yeah, me completely and you know you're absolutely right it's like the forbidden fruit isn't it the more people say you can't have it yes. the more you crave it <laughs> you, you know it. I just I yeah, I couldn't, you know, a couple of my friends have done the no carbs diet and it's worked fabulously for them. I just can't not live without, I couldn't have not have carbs. I just couldn't do it. A life without <laughs> pasta would have been no life for me. That's for oh, sure. exactly. <laughs> I think I'd rather be fat. <laughs> exactly. That would be no, no life. And I can imagine, you know, you're going shopping in London of all the places to shop London. That That must be amazing. And what was it like? What was the experience of being able to shop? And I know that you've um, lost quite a few dress sizes. So you started out a size 16 to 18 and you're now a mm. size 10. I know what it's like to shop as a size 18 to 20 compared to when I've been at my lowest size, size 12. That shopping experience is totally different. So yeah. how did you find it? What was it like? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like still now, it's just the most amazing feeling and you know continues to motivate me and I've ordered a few bits you know and and they've come through and I've picked you know picked them up and thought oh my gosh these are tiny these are never gonna fit and they fit and it's just it's so bizarre and it's so strange and I think mentally I've not caught up with how much weight I've lost if that makes sense I think physically I'm where I am but mentally I'm still very much the fat girl um the fat girl that's lost weight but I still see myself, I can't quite shift that persona that I've given myself and that label that I've had for so many years. And I still pick up clothes and think, well, this isn't going to fit. This is ridiculous. You know, it says it's yeah. a size 10, but it's a size six and I'll pop them on and they'll fit. And I'll, you know, but then I'll think to myself, oh, it must be a big size 10, you know, yeah. or I'll convince myself that. So I think mentally I've still got to catch up with my weight loss and I'm trying really hard to do that but you know like we said at the start it's we're our own biggest critics you know my sister-in-law's always saying to me she pays me so many compliments and she's always saying and I'll always say things like oh you know thanks getting there or you know I'll kind of bat it to her again as if Mm. like you know thanks for compliment but kind of no thanks and she's always saying to me like you've got to take a compliment Um, and that's one thing I really struggle with yeah really like mentally it's Mm. very very difficult and I think that's one of the hardest things I'm finding now. I think losing the weight in comparison to kind of taking it in and accepting it mm. are two very different challenges. You know, so I still see myself as a fat person. I still look at my body and think, oh, you know, I'm quite negative to it. And I've got to stop doing that to myself because it's very unhealthy. And, it, you know, it's taken away from the success that I've had and how hard I've worked. Yeah. And I think there's one thing being able to show yourself self-care and self-love in terms of taking time out of your week to say right okay that's my time I'm going to the gym I'm going for a walk there's that piece of self-care and then there's the other piece of self-care in terms of really looking at the conversations those those conversations that we're not having out loud but those conversations that we're having inside when we stand in the mirror and we tell ourselves what we see and we Mm. have that on repeat and I think when we've had that on repeat for so many years it's it's really hard 
to change that self-talk. We see a lot on social media in terms of people who are really talking in depth about the stretch marks on the skin mm. and the folds, you know, when they sit down. We see that, we hear that, and we will give good feedback. We'll say, you know, that's fantastic. That's so inspiring. You've really helped me. Mm. But in terms of actually really giving that positive self-talk to ourselves that that's a big piece it's a big piece and I think in terms of will we ever get there 100% is that a realistic goal or is there a way that we can just make those small steps to start and I think Oprah Winfrey spoke about this in one of her podcasts where she she stood there naked in front of the mirror and she says you know what you know you're a fantastic human, you're amazing, you're gorgeous, but being able to do that, it's it's a lot, isn't it? It's so it's yeah. such a it's such a big thing to do. And it's so much easier to give one another compliments than to Oh my goodness. Do that so to much ourselves. easier. So much yeah. easier. And when you know when a lot of the, the people on Instagram that I follow share such inspirational pictures of, you know, Instagram versus reality or, you know, yeah. there's always some brilliant pictures on Sundays it's self-love Sunday where people share the stretch mark pictures or the loose skin or you know the, the pose versus the reality and I think things like that are amazing you know particularly somebody that's got a daughter as well I really want my daughter to understand that not everything you see on Instagram is you know this you know it's not always the reality of life it's the best yeah. part you know people don't always share the worst And when I see those pictures, I'm always, you know, I'm always the first to be like, this is incredible. Like, you're so brave. Thank you so much for sharing it. But then I can't give myself that round of applause. No. You know, when I look in the mirror and think like, you know, you've got stretch marks here. You you know, I should be thinking, you know, I've got stretch marks here because I produce, you know, a human. I made a life who is, you know, my absolute world. And that's how I should look at things. But you know, you, you, you kind of, you've been brought up in a world where, you know, magazines and mm, there's so much pressure on women to deliver <laughs> on every aspect of life, everything. isn't there? Yeah. You know, everything. so much pressure on us yeah. to tick all the boxes, to be a perfect wife, to be an amazing mum, to be a career-driven lady, mm. to look pristine constantly. Yeah. And it's <laughs> tough. It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. Really, really hard. And Oh, I can give you so many, so many examples of, you know, the challenge that I've had having a career, especially in quite a, I would say, like a male dominated environment and being chosen to stand to represent the company for, for national, international awards and things like that. It was really, I found that quite difficult and receiving those compliments I was being put on a pedestal and yeah. and I, I thought, you know, I'm a single mum. <laughs> I'm a single mum and you put me on a pedestal and that feels a little bit uncomfortable. Where yeah. do I where do I go from here? And and to compare that with with my weight loss and the weight loss that I've had and the weight gains that I've had, I think there's it's very similar. People uh, I guess now looking to me for inspiration for the podcast just as they're looking to you in terms of inspiration for your weight loss journey and it's lovely getting that yeah. feedback it's lovely getting that positive feedback yeah but sometimes it feels like well it's 
it's just me it's just me <laughs> it's just me showing up being me but it, you know yeah. it really is lovely we, we need to take a stand and just to recognize our own our own self-worth and I've I've recently done some work with a lady some life coaching and we do an exercise where we ask the person to you know, look in a mirror and you know just describe exactly exactly what you see and I think just to do that you know if anybody's listening just to do that on your own and and really listen to those stories that you tell yourself and just to try and change that narrative just one one sentence at a time and it's, yeah. it's quite revealing as well when when you first do that with, with a client just to see what is on the other side of, of that reflection and it's it's definitely an eye-opener and we need to take that time to listen to that internal voice because you know you are stunning and I've you know I've looked yeah. at Instagram and you've made such a healthy change and the fact that you, you've lost this weight in terms of your health how does it feel now with that weight now that weight's gone I know that you, you mentioned the hips have you, have you had the hip operation or so no so um I've been able to prolong that for now because I've lost so much weight so I will inevitably have it but the fact that I've been able to push that back by at least two years you know hopefully three is great for me uh, for, you know for many reasons I have more energy I just I feel more confident in myself and yeah I, I just I feel like a different person I, I genuinely I feel like a different person like I could take anything on and I just feel like I'm in a really healthy space mentally and physically now. And I think a lot of that is to do with, you know, you know, when you have like a, a, a takeaway or you, you have a binge weekend and you do, you, you feel it's lovely and it's amazing, but then you feel awful, don't you? And you just feel really sluggish and yes. just like, oh, why have I done that? You know, I don't, I feel really like now. And I don't feel like that anymore. I, you know, I go to bed every night knowing that I've had a really good day and I've exercised, I've eaten healthily. And I feel like, right, you know, what's tomorrow going to bring? And I never thought when I started two years ago that I'd be in this position now. No. Um, it was always my dream. Um, but because I failed so many times before, I just thought I'll never get to, you know, I didn't even know if I could even be a size 10. You know, I've always yeah. been very much, you know, I'm very curvy and I've got big boobs. So, you know, even if I lose loads of weight, I'll never be a size 10 because my boobs are too big. Uh, but it turns out, you know, again, that was just me kind of making excuses yeah. for myself. For, just you know, story. And it, it yeah. you know, could really touch your day. It's so inspirational, that your, your oh. story and your journey. If anybody's listening that would like to connect with you on Instagram, would you like to share your Instagram handle? So, yeah, so I'm slimmingworld underscore Kirsty Lee. Brilliant. And what piece of advice would you give to somebody that has been on the, I guess, diet merry-go-round? We've had a really strange year this year. And I think mm. for some people, it's been a year where people can really, truly focus. But for others, for whatever reason, that's not been there. What piece of advice could you give to those listeners that want to pick up healthy healthy mantras that want to start to make healthy changes and that want to make sure that 2021 is going to be a different year to 2020 yeah so I would say firstly just don't put too much pressure on yourself at the start make small changes so I've, I've always exercised since I started but I would do maybe two classes a week if I could um you know so two bits of exercise if that's going for a long walk or 
you know, doing a workout from home for half an hour and find the exercise that you enjoy doing. There's no good trying to do something that, you know, I'm not a runner. I wish I could be a runner. I love the thought of just being able to, you know, walk out the door and go for a run. For me, that doesn't work. It doesn't inspire me. I don't enjoy doing it. For me, I do either spin classes or body pump. But other people, that's, you know, they're just not interested in that. So find some exercise that you actually enjoy doing. Just really plan what your week's meals are going to be. Make them exciting. And, you know, do the shopping based on what you need rather than kind of, you know, which is difficult when you've got kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) but I think if you've got an exciting menu to look forward to, it kind of makes you, it doesn't make you think, oh, let's just get a takeaway, you know, because you've got it all there. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, like I said earlier, take it in bite sized chunks. Don't think about the big number. So whether that's working in three month periods or a six month period and focus on that and don't think about I've never thought about the total number I wanted to lose. I've always just kind of broken it, broken it down into bite sized um, chunks and measure yourself and take lots of pictures at the start yeah. because there's been so many weeks where I've gone to away uh, a, cl- a slim world class and not lost anything and been really defeated or had a gain but then I go home and you know measure myself and I've lost three inches That's right. Um, That's right. and ultimately no one's no one's here doing this because they want to be a certain weight it's about how you look isn't it and what clothes you fit into yeah. and your how you feel in terms of your health uh, the numbers are just numbers on a scale exactly. um, so don't be too kind of led by them I would recommend getting a your own Instagram account if you can follow as many people as you can to get inspiration on food recipes or just the motivation of seeing the before and after because I never would have believed two years ago looking at my before and afters that I'd be sharing these pictures I just thought it was somebody something that somebody else did yeah. it was never going to be me that got to share those pictures and but you, did. you know you can you did. yeah you can you've just got to commit to it and just think about what your drivers are for doing this keep reminding yourself of why you're doing it so for me it was about you know setting a good example to my daughter about exercise and being healthy and obviously getting some weight off my hips so I wasn't in agony all the time (laughs) I know you do such a good job I mean that in itself you know take away everything else but that the fact that you're not in that pain anymore is just Mm. speaks for itself so thank you so much for spending that time with me for the interview it's been an absolute pleasure and take care and have a great day Thank you so much, Claire. Really nice to talk to you. And to think the episode with Kirsty, the same narrative is there, that Kirsty still sees herself as a fat person. And this isn't something new that a guest has has explained to me during the podcast episode. This is quite common. And I think the the diet industry really needs to connect with, with this side of the weight loss journey with the story of okay these people have lost weight but they don't see it when they look in the mirror there's a big piece missing I feel in the diet industry that's not really talking to that person that's been on that weight loss journey that's followed it through from A to Z they've got the weight off they're in a healthy BMI here's your awards well done that should not be where the support ends there should be something in terms of okay, so now you've lost the weight, now you're in a healthy BMI, let's work towards your mindset. Let's exercise on a regular basis 
the self-talk that will allow you to recognise that a transformation has taken place. I don't feel that that piece is there, for sure. You'll hear lots more from me around self-talk, around self-love, and this is certainly fitted on Valentine's Day. And if you're new to Simmons Stories, please hit subscribe wherever you download your podcasts because that will help me climb the podcast charts. So send in your virtual hugs on Valentine's Day. Until next time, have a great week and take care.